0: The podcast this week is supported by WorkShape.io, the revolutionary hiring platform for companies looking to recruit software engineers. Forget about searching databases or publishing job ads which never get read. WorkShape.io instantly builds relevant pipelines by algorithmically matching compatible software engineers to the job you're hiring for. It's simple, direct and honest. With WorkShape.io, you can go from registration to conversation with a relevant developer in less than five minutes. If hiring software people is on your agenda in 2017, you can check out the platform at www.workshape.io. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine. Of all the ages of Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 91 of the Recruiting Future podcast. It's increasingly obvious that one of the most talked about areas of HR and recruiting is people analytics. But why is it such a trend at the moment? And in practical terms, what does people analytics actually even mean? I can think of no one better qualified to answer these questions than David Green, Global Director of People Analytics Solutions at IBM and one of the world's leading commentators on this topic. I'm delighted to welcome David as my guest on the show this week, and I know you'll find his insights fascinating. Hi, David, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt, and thank you for having me absolute pleasure. Can you introduce yourself and tell everyone a bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, hi everybody. Uh, so my name's David Green. I have a very grand title but it's not as grand as it sounds. Global Director of People Analytics Solutions at IBM um, and that essentially gives is this sort of three strands to that role really. So the, the the primary one is that I write, I'm fortunate to be able to write and speak globally on people analytics, data driven HR and the future of work and effectively, what I'm trying to do there is shine a light on on great work that's being done by practitioners around the world, um, also some vendors, uh, but also shine a light on some of the best practice in the space from organizations that are kind of forging ahead uh, with people analytics. Uh, the second strand is I work with IBM customers to help shape and develop their people analytics journeys, which are increasingly incorporating things around employee experience and, and artificial intelligence. And then the third part. I'm also part of the IBM Smarter Workforce Institute, which is our research team, uh, and we've pub we publish probably four to five studies a year on, on areas around the future of work, people analytics, and employee experience. Um, we have published other stuff as well around assessments and talent acquisition, but it's all with a with a future lens and you know, on trends that are happening and, and trying to interpret those and provide some advice for for people in this space.
0: Now, in the last few years, we've kind of seen a massive increase um, in the amount of discussion of people analytics, uh, people kind of putting these things into into, into practice and, and lots of debate in this area. But I'm sure because there has been sort of a, a such a rapid, um, a rapid rise in them, there will be people who um, still don't completely understand what we mean by people analytics. Could you give us a, a bit of a, a definition and perhaps tell us why, um, why they're becoming so, so so important
1: yeah i think there's, there's still more talk than doing at the moment um I, I you know there are studies out there ibm have published stuff deloitte that say somewhere between 12 and 15 percent of organizations are actually doing analytics with their people data um i think it's probably less than that i'm sure the organizations that, that we sample are um a bigger organizations, shall we say? Um, so in terms of a definition, I think the first thing to say is do not confuse analytics with reporting. They are different. Um, so reporting kind of tells you what has happened. Uh, analytics can tell you why it has happened um, and predictive analytics can tell you maybe what will happen. so that the, there are differences there. Um, so in terms of a definition, it's one I use, I've kind of molded together something that the the Wharton School, uh, have got on their paper analytics course um but she's on coursera which i definitely recommend to those that are, are interested in getting a kind of taster into what this area is about uh, and also one that we'd from our smarter workforce institute research paper on starting the workforce analytics journey uh, so you know i say the, the use of data and analytics tools to identify insights on people that enable faster more accurate and more confident business decision making and that's you know for me, it's all about making better business decisions. It's it's as simple as that, really.
0: And could you give us some, maybe some kind of examples of some specific um, areas that that people are, are measuring, measuring and analysing using using people analytics?
1: I think they, they they're, they're working across the whole talent lifecycle map, but I'd say that most most companies get started with uh, attrition because that's let's be honest, that's a problem in most organisations particularly when you segment it down into areas such as business-critical talent, uh, maybe high, perform- high potentials, high performers, etc. Um, most organisations have a problem in that area. Uh, it's also easier to quantify what the return on investment might be as well. Um, and I'd say the other area where a lot of work has been done and where people tend to start is around recruiting, um, so i.e. predicting you know uh who's going to be a good hire and who isn't going to be a good hire um i'd say those are the two areas where i'd say people tend to get started
0: so i'm going to ask you a bit more about uh recruiting in a second but before i do you mentioned predictive analytics and um, trying to tell what's going to happen in the future could could you you know could you give us some some examples of that you know what what does that what does that actually mean um and you know is this something that everyone should be should should be doing I think, well,
1: yeah. I think it's it's something everyone should be aspiring to. Um, obviously, you need to have the right talent within the organisation to actually do it, and that typically entails either a data scientist or or, or working with a consultancy that has that that kind of skill. So, I, I guess a good example is if we take retention, for example. So, most most HR teams will will report on on attrition. They hopefully will be able to segment that down to to location, uh, look at it by tenure. Uh, look at it by seniority, uh, maybe look at it about tenure in role, all those sorts of things, so they can start to see maybe where, where there's, there's stuff in the data that makes them want to investigate. So that kind of tells them what's happening and, you know, and, and where people are leaving, for example. Analytics then can tell you why it's happened, so you can start to understand by looking into the data why your high performers in sales in, in your London office, for example, are, are leaving. Um, and you can start to look at things like exit interview, interview data, maybe comments that people may have made and, and, and other areas like that. Now, predictive analytics is probably the next level. So you're starting to you, you've basically got all the different data sources coming in. Um, you're actually analysing that data and then you're starting to predict who might be at risk of leaving the organisation. Uh, and that's based primarily on on the you know, historic data. Um so you can start to identify maybe three to six months out who might be leaving, who might be next to leave the sales team, and then I guess the level beyond that is where the, the, the predictive analytics is honed so well um, it can it can give you the suggested next best action to try and prevent that person from leaving the organisation. So, so we've got something at IBM like that. We've been we've been looking at we've been doing analytics around attrition for about six seven years now. It's the first project. That our internal workforce analytics team did, um, and that gets to the point now where a manager in IBM will get an alert saying, "You know, David is. He, we, according to our algorithms, and they are literally touching. You know, multiple data points. We believe that David is. You know, if is is we predict that David will leave within the next six to nine months." Um, but we predict that this is the best course of action. So either a nice big pay rise, which, yeah, I'd like that very much. Uh, or it could be, you know, that, that David's been in the same role, uh, for the last 18 months and people typically at his seniority in his type of role are prone to leave, you know, prone to leave IBM, um, if they've been in the same role for 18 months. So we're suggesting that maybe, you know, a lateral move for David, a promotion, extra responsibility, uh, it could be a number of different um, actions that you would take, but it obviously it helps guide the manager. Now, the the employee may not even be aware that they're at risk of leaving at that point. Um, so I think that's that's where this stuff can get really clever
0: yeah that, that was what I was going to say is like whether whether the person has actually even uh, even realized <laughs> that, 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 that they're just about to um, consider leaving I mean and that's kind of um, um, you know it's, it's kind of really 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 interesting stuff but I can completely see the um, the, the logic of it and, and 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 how it might work just um, you know just 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 very quickly because obviously it's very complicated and there's lots involved what what kind of data points would would, would go into, you know, would would an algorithm look at to make those kind of assumptions?
1: Well, first thing I should say is I'm not a data scientist. Um, but, I mean, I suppose it, whatever, you, whatever you're whatever you looking to model, then I suppose you need to ask why you're trying to model it and then what are the data points that you might want to look at. So so if we take the, the attrition example, for example, we might look at we, – we'd be looking at historic data if people had left the organisation primarily – We'd be looking at how long they worked, you know, what what level were they within the organization when they left? We'd be looking whether they work. We might be looking at their commute distance into the office because that could be a predictor. Uh, We might be looking at performance ratings. Uh, We might be looking at, you know, if you're getting really sophisticated, you might be looking at the strength of the networks, the internal networks they've got in the organization. So kind of organizational network analysis on steroids type stuff. Um, we might be looking at their interaction, for example, with the social, um, internal social media platform and social networks. Um, what we found in IBM is where I think, you know, certainly in some cases where people's interaction with that tool drops off, that could be a predictor of attrition. Um, we could be looking at, all these all these types of all those types of things really. and 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 of course you you need to be careful what data sources that you're looking at because of the whole thing around privacy and trust and everything else. Um, but I know within IBM we' we' we're, we're predominantly looking at internal um, internal data sources.
0: You mentioned recruiting um, a bit earlier. what What developments are you seeing in the use of analytics? for for recruiting
1: well i think i think it's ripe for analytics because if we if we look at recruiting it's very process driven there's a hell of a lot of data that we collect along along the process and i think we probably also agree that there's room for improvement in most organizations when it comes to hiring um i think you know too much of it is still by chance um and you know we've been talking around quality of hire even longer than we've been talking around analytics and you know, everyone talks about what, what is quality of hire and, and you get all these consultancies and, and providers coming up with all these different um, solutions on what quality of hire is. Personally, I think it means different things in different companies and different things to different hiring managers in the same company. So I think it's very difficult to quantify. But whether it's whether it's uh, first year performance or time to productivity, whether it's that they stay within the first year. Um, you know we've got you've got the data to actually start investigating are there any patterns in there Um, do people that we for instance source from linkedin do they perform better in our organization than those we source from indeed do people who have a certain educational background from certain universities perform better in certain roles within our organization than others Um, you know the data we've got enough data particularly if you're hiring high volume into call centers and sales and other areas, that you can actually start to see some patterns in it. So I think organizations are increasingly looking at that. I also think they're increasingly looking at external data as well. Um, so I've seen Ian Bailey of, of Cisco speak on a number of occasions. Um, and they, they, they p- take a lot of store in looking at external supply and demand data. Uh, and that helps them identify where is the best location, for example, to, to, to place the next software engineer that they're trying to hire um or even um they've actually even used that sort of data to actually understand is this city in china the best location for our new plant or 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 would or should it be location b or c and i think you know that's a, a huge strategic importance to an organization if you're going to invest in a new plant or operation or new new office you know can we get the right? Can we get the talent we need to actually man that office? And can we can we get the ta- can we maintain that over time as we grow that office as well? Um, so I think those those are very important
0: things. Absolutely, um, Ian's actually been on um, uh, been on the show before, sort of talking through uh, what those those guys are doing. And I, I agree, I think it's it's really interesting, um, fascinating stuff in terms of the, the the sort of data sources that they're that they're playing with. So last year um i actually did a quick interview with you for the show uh, hr tech in chicago um and it was kind of wandering around the expo hall and i think we sort of all agreed that the um the the biggest most hype term um at that show or perhaps in the hr space at the moment um is artificial intelligence ai um what are you seeing first of all you know explain what your definition of of ai and hr is um, and what are you actually seeing happening versus some of the some of the hype that's out there
1: yeah you, you're right i do remember that i think i probably had jet lag at the time we probably both did but uh, i do remember that particular conversation yeah and and if anything the hype has intensified since that since that show back back in, i think it was october last year i think I think in in most cases the hype is deserved. I do believe that that artificial intelligence, cognitive machine learning, whatever whatever we want to call it, is playing an increasing role in HR. And there is a lot of scare stories around about how it's going to automate, um, how it's going to automate HR, and that most people in the profession are going to find themselves out of work. Personally, I don't believe that's the case. I think it's it's going to augment what they do. Uh, and enable those that are particular you know, let's be honest if you're we we've all met good and bad recruiters. I think AI is going to help the good recruiters be better and probably focus on what they do best and what they enjoy more and take away some of the more mundane process driven and administrative work that that maybe they enjoy less and which machines are frankly better at doing. Um, so my definition <laughs> um, i I just think it's it's difficult to describe really because it, without sounding without sounding naf, but i just think it's it's certain processes within within a proce, within a within a larger process so recruitment for example that can be formed better by machines um, they could be chatbots uh it could be it could be things like sourcing uh, it could be ranking candidates for example and, and presenting them in an order to a recruiter uh, in terms of an order of priority for them to speak to um but i i don't think it's the wholesale automation of of a particular hr process that's that's my personal view
0: so f- final question um other than the the unstoppable rise of um robots machine <laughs> machine learning and and um and ai um what what are your sort of other predictions for the for the future what do you think we should be looking out for in the next 12 to 18 months
1: so so on the ai side because i think um this is where I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of stuff over the next 12 to 18 months. So if we look at, um, I think we're going to see a lot of personalized services for employees. So everyone's talking about employee experience. Everyone's talking around how employees expect the same or similar, uh, experience at work as they get to, cons- as they get as consumers. And, and, that, and that's kind of fueling a digital revolution in HR. Um, and I think what that means is firstly, that opens lots of questions around privacy and ethics. Uh, but secondly, it means that organisations or, or, or sensible organisations are actually thinking, well, you know, if we want this data, we need to we need to rev- we need to actually make it beneficial to employees. So how can we help employees with their journeys with our organisations? So how can we help them on board quicker, for example? Um, and we all know what it's like when we're in board- onboarding. You know, the manager that, that we're reporting to is probably busy. Doing a, doing a presentation that they've forgot to deliver externally or internally to the board the next day. Um, other people that are in our team are, are aren't in the office. You've um, got questions that you want to answer uh, that you need answered. If you phone the HR service centre, you might, if you're lucky, get the answer. Uh, but the chances are that that you, you won't and you'll be put in a queue and, and you won't find out till the afternoon. So if you've got if, if you've trained a, if you've trained a system on the, let's say, the, the 50 or 100 or even 200 most frequently asked questions by people when they're on board with a company, you know, the the, the, the new starter can actually type that question into a system and it will and come back with an answer. Um, and the great thing about AI is it is it learns as it goes. So the more people that it interacts with, uh, the more, the, the better it gets at, at fine tuning those answers and the more it learns. Um and also you're able to ask those questions in a natural language. So if we apply the same thing to career development, you know, I'm a project manager within an organization. My goal within that organization is to progress to be senior project manager within the next 18 months to two years. Um, if if employees are uh, encouraged to and see the benefit in, in defining what their skills and competencies are, and the organization has got a good understanding of what the skills and competencies are for its major roles, it can actually help that project manager then with maybe recommending learning courses maybe recommending a mentor within the organization maybe comparing their skills and competencies against you know high-performing senior manager senior project managers within the organization and, and giving the project manager an idea of the areas that they need to develop um, if I was in, if I'm an employee those are things that I would find helpful the organization, of course, finds it helpful because it, it, it increases efficiency, but it also helps them from a strategic workforce planning perspective as well. So I think those are those are where we see it. I think those are the, some of the services that we're going to see increasingly coming onto the market. Um, and I also think that that's going to even more. I mean, the biggest I mean, I'm fortunate I chair a lot of conference speak, a lot of conferences, particularly about people analytics around the world. And I would say that the number one topic for discussion that, that people in that space are worried around is the whole thing around ethics and employee trust. Um, and obviously the technology is developing far quicker than the than the legal framework. Um, and of course, every country has its own nuances and different um, attitudes to, uh, and and legislation around data security and privacy as well. So, so I think the two... Uh, themes are going to kind of progress um in line with each other um and i think still a little bit too early to say where all this is going to go i think it's exciting um but at the same time perhaps it's a little bit frightening
0: as well fascinating times indeed where can people find you online and some of the excellent content that you that you write
1: oh that's very kind of you i shall send you a check afterwards (laughs) um you can you can find me on twitter at david underscore green underscore uk and also on linkedin um obviously david green is quite a common name but i also have a rather large quiff in my photo so i published a lot of articles on there i also publish articles probably on a monthly basis on the uh, hr tech world blog so that's hrn hrnblog.io i think so uh yeah and and you know I, i'm always keen to hear from people and what they think and where 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 i might where i might focus my next uh, efforts on and then i'm on the conference circuit as well fairly uh, fairly regularly as well
0: david thank you very much for talking to me thanks man my thanks to david green just before you go wanted to remind you that the book i've written with mervyn dinnan exceptional talent is available now you can buy it on the kogan page website I'll put a link to that in the show notes and you can get a 20% discount by using the code F-H-R-E-T-20. It's also available from Amazon and most other places that books are sold. There's also a Kindle version. If you're in the US, the book has a separate publication date and will ship from the 28th of May. You can pre-order it now though. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, or download the show app on your smartphone. Just search for Recruiting Future in your app store. You can also listen to all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.